we were in negotiations. Investing in real estate. They're winning, they're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amalsh. I am loving this podcast because we don't only help real estate investors, we are helping real estate content creators make more money. So if you're a real estate content creator, an influencer, or a real estate investor, this is the podcast for you. Hopefully you enjoy it. And when you do, please give me a five-star review and maybe share it with a friend. I have another fantastic guest with me today, Mr. Scott Kraft. We've been working together for a little over a year now, Scott, and I know that you have a tremendous amount of experience. I think, what, 13 years or so in the industry full-time, um, lending money, developing properties, fixing and flipping, landlording. You kind of run the gamut here. So super excited to talk to you today, man. How you doing? I'm good. And you also forgot brokerage too. So ah, I'm, a, I'm a realtor as well. Oh, yeah. Gosh, doing so great you're though. also a realtor. Yeah. And um, we switched spots today. You're in uh, you're in the office and I'm at the house. And so you get to experience the the whole setup there. Yeah, I like it, but, man. It's very professional in here. Yeah, it sounds great, dude. So Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. I know you 13 years in the industry. So take me back. Yeah. So, you know, much like you've said, I've had my hand in pretty much everything real estate related. Uh, that all stems from my time in college when my dad was working as a hard money lender. And even before that, he was doing fix and flips pretty much my whole life. Uh, so I got to watch him, you know, I'd go to his projects occasionally as a kid. And, you know, when I was in college, I came back over the summers and pretty much followed him around and got to learn the business just, you know, with him as a mentor, showing me how he valued properties, how he got a you know, a deal funded from connecting his investors to the, the actual client who needs the funds. And I really just got a great understanding and developed a huge passion for this business while I was in school. Then when I graduated college, I had a finance degree in 2010, which was largely useless if I wanted to try and go do something uh, financial related because, you know, we were in the financial crisis there. So I basically came back to Colorado and just, you know, jumped headfirst into doing lending and I created my own company and used my dad's connections with his investors and went out and found deals and got them funded. And over the years, I, you know, like I said, I got my real estate license about 11 years ago. So I, you know, got that really primarily just to fund, just to uh, supplement my own deals and you know, get the commission on the way in, save the commission on the way out. I also helped a big number of my friends buy their first houses. And you know, I've picked up a number of rental properties, both just by buying them, uh, also by kind of nomading, buying them with owner-occupied financing, and then moving out, keeping it as a rental. And I'm actually in the process of doing that again right now. Did a number of fix and flips, kind of decided that I preferred new builds. So that's really what I'm focusing on outside of my time with Pine right now. And yeah, that's that's about it. That's kind of me in a nutshell. And just so much real estate experience. It sounds to me, Scott, like you, you were going to go into real estate 
regardless like this is the only career you've ever really attempted or tried or no yeah i think so too and it's funny some of the other people that i know some of my other mentors in this business who were friends of my dad's they all said that they're absolutely unemployable right now and i was kind of falling into that trap as well um which is ironic now that i've been working here at pine for <laughs> for almost two years um in a sense you know, I am unemployable in any other industry except for this one. And yeah, it's just, it runs in my blood. Yeah, it's not like it's a nine to five right. W-2 kind of thing. There's tremendous flexibility and and we really encourage you to go out and do your own deal. So that's, I, I love it, man. I love that you're out there doing that and that you could share that with your clients. That's one of the things that separates us from a lot of our com- competition, our competitors is that they don't actually do deals right and and us us in the office we we do absolutely yeah i think it i think it helps us immensely you know help our clients just having that experience being out in the field and actually getting our hands dirty in that that business yeah because it's not just talking the talk i mean what do they say walking the walk too right exactly Okay, so you you threw out a, a term there that I don't know that everybody knows. Um, so nomad, I know this was coined. I think it might have been somebody associated with bigger pockets. Not quite sure on that, but what? Tell me a little bit about what that is. I know you briefly touched on it, but tell me what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So nomading is a great way to pick up rental properties. Basically, if you're buying a house that you're going to live in for you know a bare minimum of twelve months, you get far superior financing options than if you're just buying uh, an investment property, you know, a rental property right out of the gate. You get a a higher loan to value and you get lower interest rates. So it's less money out of your pocket and, you know, smaller payments, you know, smaller, smaller interest rate on the money you borrow. So basically what you do is you buy a house. Um, In my case, I fixed them up as I was living in them and, you know, made it even more valuable, then lived in it for a minimum of 12 months, and then just decided to keep it as a rental when I went out and found my next property to live in. And we've done this, I want to say three or four times at this point. And yeah, I'm kind of in that transition phase right now, even. We just closed on a new deal and or a new house for ourselves, my wife and me. And we're in the process of just remodeling one of the bathrooms and getting our old house packed up and then we're going to have to do a little bit of work on the house we're living in right now. And then it's going to be a long-term investment. We're going to rent it out for the foreseeable future. That's awesome. Just talk to Howie. I think he knew that. And he's got a deal he's working on. So, I mean, you guys are, you guys are active. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So this, um, this nomad strategy, I think it's fantastic, by the way. I, I'm, I've done that as well. Now, I know there's a tax benefit with primary homes. You have to live there two of five years, and then you could sell it tax-free. It's not like a 1031 where it's only deferred. I mean, it really is tax-free. So when you do this strategy, do you plan in like selling your old primary within those three years? Or what do you think about that? No, that's kind of the time has passed on a number of my properties to be able to do that in the first place. but. That's kind of one of the things that you give up when you choose this strategy to acquire rental properties. But, you know, as much as as much as it would be great to be able to liquidate those those properties, 
uh, tax-free and then take that money to do something else, you know, I'm perfectly happy just having the rentals and having the cash flow, you know, for the next few decades, really. And I'll deal with the tax consequences later. That's kind of my yeah. yeah. Or or keep it forever and then never have ex taxes. Either, exactly. Right? And by, you know, the other side of that token is by owning these properties, I get to, I get to enjoy other tax benefits, right? Depreciation every single year. So mm -hmm. I take, off, it, take it or leave it, right? It's a trade-off. Exactly. Yeah, I guess maybe that, well, I'm thinking through this, like if if there was a tremendous gain, like maybe you lived in a house for 10 years or something, and then you did the strategy, there might be a pretty significant gain there you'd want to try to shelter. And so I could see in a case like that, it would might make sense to sell it. Otherwise, if you just keep it forever, it's, you just take advantage of the step up, right? Exactly. Yeah, as far as we're concerned, that's our plan for now. Yeah, and a step up for those of you that don't know is just, when you pass property on through an estate, the basis steps up to the current value. So your heirs can literally sell the property the day they get it and have no tax at all. So there'd be no gains in that scenario. What did they call it? The 1031s deferred till you die, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. So you've been doing some nomads, you've been doing some developments. I know you have an interesting little niche. I don't know if you're willing to share what you're what you're looking for now or not but if you are let's talk about it yeah sure so it's um what i have found is first of all if you're building ground up construction you have less competition than you would in the traditional fix and flip world and i mean before i did my first new construction project it was very intimidating to me as well so you know, you think it's so much easier to take this existing house and just put a little money into it and transform it into this beautiful, new, valuable property. In my experience, it is so much simpler to just take a piece of dirt and build up from there. Primarily because, you know, when you're buying a house that you plan to flip, you don't know what's wrong with it. You know, we're doing this bathroom on my house right now, and I literally just came from there, and there's corroded pipes that were exit that were right behind the shower wall. Fortunately, we're redoing the showers. So, you know, we found them and we're going to replace that plumbing. But let's say this was a fix and flip and I didn't budget in that new plumbing. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. that's just an added cost. It's, you know, more time. It's decreasing my, my return at the end of the day. And that's a very minimal issue compared to some of the other ones you could find. So I love just going ground up. It's a little more work. It takes more time but you're not fixing somebody else's problem, right? You are yeah. just, everything's brand new. But what specifically you are alluding to, I know, is basically I'm looking for opportunities within the zoning code. So a lot of people just look at a house and see the house, right? What I'm looking for is properties that are within a specific zone district that would allow for up density. Right. What I mean by that is potentially either being subdivided. So you get a lot out of the property. Like, let's say it's a house on a big lot. If you can subdivide that, then you basically get a free lot. Well, not free because it does detract from the value of the other house, but you get a lot that you could, you know, you, it's cheaper than anything you could find on the MLS. Or potentially it has the right zoning to be able to put in an ADU or potentially another just another house they could have a separate owner altogether. So 
that's what I do is I really try to study the zoning codes and see where there's an opportunity. And that's what I look for when I'm buying houses for my own projects. I think that's such a great strategy. And our friends over at Red Tea are doing that right now. They have a, they're buying a lot, big lot with one house on it. And they're taking the house and selling that, not even doing any remodel at all, Scott. They're just selling it as is. And then they're getting this lot for like, I don't know, hundred, a little over a hundred thousand. And then it's gonna, they're gonna be able to put four new construction homes on that. So pretty crazy when you look at the basis into the land when you implement this strategy. Absolutely. I mean, 25 grand for a buildable lot. Where are you gonna find that on the MLS? In Denver. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So if you get creative and you, you know, are willing to jump through the hoops hoops with the city and you know, just take those steps that a lot of people aren't willing to do and just educate yourself. Just learn about what it takes to do that. It's really not that hard once you get into it. The Real Estate Educators Podcast is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial Group is a private lender specializing in value-add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. Yeah, and you mentioned the city. I know there's been a lot of people complaining about the city of Denver. So our, our viewers and our listeners are all over the country, but you say no surprises with new construction. I agree, except for maybe the length of time for your approvals. What, what do you see in there? Yeah, I, I couldn't dis- or I couldn't agree with that more. You know, that you're absolutely right. Every single city, every single municipality has a different process. They have different regulations, you know, so it really takes a lot to learn what you can do and how long it takes. And, you know, the thing is they tell us, oh yeah, we can get that done for you in one month, right? And then six months later, you're still waiting for a permit. And I think we actually had a client who was going through that as well. They literally told her, oh yeah, a couple of weeks we'll have, We'll have that amendment done for you. And, you know, here we are, what, four months later, and she's still waiting on it, I think. But, you know, it's one of those things where every city is different, whether you're in Denver, whether you're in Philadelphia, I mean, Washington, D.C., anything, everyone always complains about the city. That's really the one constant, you know, when you're dealing with the city is nobody likes it. And what I'm seeing with new construction, a lot of times is people aren't using Pine Financial or another hard money or private money lender to take down the dirt. They bring in the private money when you're actually going vertical. So it's very expensive to be paying hard money rates, right? At 12 months of an approval process. So we have seen the the investors change a little bit, their strategy and and they're either bringing in partners or bringing in cash to take the dirt down. And then they're bringing us in to finance the vertical. 
Are you seeing the same or something similar with your clients? Yeah, Kevin. So what we see basically is, you know, if, if someone is buying a property that has like, let's say a house on it, and then they're going to either subdivide it or just add another house to it, then what we see them doing is in order to minimize their leverage exposure and how much they're paying on interest every month, what we see them doing is basically, you know, purchasing the property with hard money potentially or with cash or, you know, whatever else they have access to. But even with hard money, this works. Buy the house, then fix up the house. Then once the lot is split, they can be in the process of splitting that lot while they're fixing up the house. Go ahead and sell that house. And then potentially they could have almost no money invested. Or, you know, in that example, you were saying maybe $25,000 invested just in that one lot while they're waiting for their permits to come in. And then they can go directly into a hard money loan to you know, start going vertical. And that saves them a ton of money on the inspector on the interest costs if they're able to yeah, do that. Such a great strategy if you could find those. So let's say if somebody's kind of new to the industry, this feels like a more of an advanced technique to me. So if someone was new, how do they get involved with something that you make sound so easy? Oh, that's, that's a tricky question. Uh, you know, what I would say is find yourself a mentor, you know, find someone who's doing this type of thing, go to all the investor meetups, come to our, come to our pine panel, meet some people who are out there in the field doing this and see if you could maybe tag along with them. See if you could jump on as an investor or a partner of some sort and just, you know, try to get your feet wet with it. Uh, another thing I would say is, you know, just go to as much education as you can. And as boring as it might sound, maybe try to just sit down and read some of the zoning code and see if you can understand it and, you know, see if you can maybe find some opportunities in there. I love that you say go get yourself educated. Well, one of the reasons I want to have you on the show here, Scott, is because of what you're doing with the happy hour and some of the classes and things that you're doing to help your clients. So I want to get into that a little bit. Like, so what, what kind of education do you provide to help people out? And then I also want to ask you, part two, how does that benefit you and your business lending or finding deals or anything? I guess start with what are you doing to educate people? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as far as my specific clients go, you know, even outside of any sort of educational events that I might be doing, I'm so happy to pick up the phone and hear their questions. You know, if they have any sort of question for me, they want any advice, they want to ask me if I've been through something or, you know, what the process is on potentially one of these deals, I'm more than happy to you know, impart any wisdom on them that I'm able to, as long as it helps them, it helps me, it helps everybody. So uh, it's great. I, I love that part of my business, being able to really teach people. Um, as far as the events go, so I do teach a CE class and, you know, I've, I look for places that, will, you know, can fill a room with agents and non-agents alike. If they are agents, I can get them a CE credit, but we just basically spend a couple hours talking about hard money investing and how to analyze deals, how hard money fits into that, how to best maximize your profits. Uh, we, go, we look at case studies and I really just show them the power of leverage. That's kind of the biggest 
part of that class, I believe. And then of course we got our Pine Pants, which is a super fun event that we put on every quarter. It's, you know, a great place to come out and meet people, have a beer, get some great food and listen to some industry experts that are just up there available to anyone who's there. Uh, we do it online now as well, I believe, on this podcast. So people can even chime in with questions from wherever they're watching from. And, you know, each, each quarter we have a different topic, different set of professionals, and it's just a great opportunity for people to reach out and, you know, get, get access to some of the, the minds in the business. Yeah, that's such a good event. I, I do love the event as well, Scott. That, that came from, that was like born from our monthly meeting where we had a speaker and then we had networking, we had all of that. But what we found is there's just so much education out there. People don't necessarily want to come out every single month. So we switched it to once a quarter and we're only doing panels because that's the most popular the crowd, it's interactive. The crowd gets to ask questions. You get more than one expert up on the stage. So yeah, you're enjoying doing those? I love it, honestly. And it's the same thing with my classes too. What makes it so much fun for me is when there's a lot of you know, participation, just a lot of interaction between either me as the teacher or me as the panelist or anyone else as the panelist and our crowd, just because it becomes a conversation. You know, it's not yeah. like you're going to a lecture hall for a college class or something. It really becomes some an interactive event where people really learn something. And honestly, I feel like I learned something too. Even yeah. just hearing myself, hearing myself teach other people, it just reaffirms in my own head. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's how you do this, and that's how it's you know how you make money in this business. So for our loan officers that are listening in or other real estate vendors that might be wanting to do you know something like what you're doing what advice would you give them and is it worth it do you get business out of it do you get credibility like what's the benefit to you i think absolutely i get credibility out of it you know we definitely get business from our education it puts our name out there people think of hard money you know, let's say they're not even really interested in doing real estate investing, but oh, they want to learn about hard money and go to a class. And then all of a sudden a deal falls in their lap and they say, wait, where do I get money for this? Oh, right. Pine Financial. You know, Scott Kraft came and taught me all this. I'm going to reach out to him and see if he can help me out here. So I get a ton of value out of it. And again, you know, just being the expert, being the person who teaches other people it just drives that information even further down into myself. And that helps me perform in my, my job. I can't agree with it, any of that more because it's absolutely true. And, you know, Pine Financial kind of built their database and their clientele from giving away free education. So now you've stepped it up and you're going into real estate offices teaching uh, CE credits are you finding that helps draw in people to your classes and you get in front of more people? Yes and no. I mean, it's just kind of another carrot to dangle in front of people to get them to fill the seats. It's a CE credit. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but yeah. we're just, I'm looking for anything that'll draw the most people there and, you know, have people who are interested in actually learning about this stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, it's cool, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've taught, I've taught that same class quite a few times and the feedback I always get is, man, I learned so much more in this little class than I did in a weekend seminar or a coaching program that I spent a fortune on. Um, because you, when you teach this, you go through like real life deals that are happening right now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Deals that we've closed within the last three, six, 12 months and, you know, just show them what other people are doing and how much money you can make in business. Yeah. They find it mind boggling. They think that those deals don't exist, anymore, but we're seeing yeah, that they definitely are. They definitely, they're happening every day. And it doesn't matter what market you're in, especially a fix and flipper, because you're buying and selling in the same market. So whether it's a buyer's market or seller's market, you're going to take advantage of one. I mean, right. one of them, right? Exactly. So, either yeah. It's always either easy to buy or it's easy to sell. Yeah. So either way, you get you get the advantage. So what exactly. are we, half full or half empty here, right? Okay, cool. So you've been doing this a long time, and I've done really well for yourself. Um, your dad has been a huge inspiration for you and me as well. And uh, a little mentor for you. He's kind of like your your rich dad, um, your real dad and a rich dad. A lot of the guests on the show, their rich dad was not their real dad, like Kiyosaki, right? But you were lucky enough to have him um, and took took you under his wing. And now you've done all of these amazing things, Scott. So tell me, what has real estate done for you in your life? Wow, so much. So much I can't even quantify. You know, it's it's provided me with stability provided me me and my wife with comfort, a steady income, um, opportunities to go on vacations, to take a Friday off and do an extended weekend, uh, you know, just all kinds of flexibility and freedom in our lifestyles that a lot of other industries just wouldn't give, give us, you know, so I'm so grateful that my dad turned me in, turned me on to this and I really, you know, just jumped head first into it right out of college. It was the best move I ever made. Yeah, just get chills. Every time I ask somebody for that, I get chills because it's real estate can change your life. It does change lives. It proves them. I mean, there's mistakes you can make and you could lose sometimes, but over time, it's definitely going to benefit your life. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Especially that part about how you can lose sometimes because I've been there. I've lost yeah. <laughs> in the past, but you know, I just look at it as further education. You know, that's another mistake I'm not going to make next time. And then guess what? Next time I don't make that mistake and it just turns into more opportunity. You know, what do they say? Fall, fall fast and fall forward. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we got to get wrapped up here. Do you have any other pieces of advice or final words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give our listeners would just be, you know, if you're on the fence about getting into this, you're a little scared to get your foot wet, just, just go for it. You know, write offers, make them work for you. Give yourself a way out. The deal doesn't pencil as you're going through your due diligence, but just get out there and get active. You know, talk to, talk to us here at Pine Financial. We'd love to help you out any way we can. Love working with, with new investors. And I mean, that, that's my biggest thing is, you know, if, just, if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen, right? So you got to just go out there and take the next step, whatever that might be, you know, whether that's 
doing ground up construction, whether you've done some flips and you're trying to get into the next big thing. Maybe you want to become a landlord. Maybe you want to just do your first deal on a little 600 square foot single family residence, you know, whatever it is, just take that next step because it will work out long-term. I'm convinced. So awesome. If you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. Like we got to write that quote down, dude. That's awesome. I like, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, man. You said you're willing to help your clients. You're willing to help other people. You love talking shop. You love talking real estate. How do we, how does someone get a hold of you? Give us a call here at the office. It's 303-835-4445 or feel free to email me. I'm happy to chat with you via email, text, phone call, whatever. My email is scott, so S-C-O-T-T at pinefinancialgroup.com. And if all else fails, just Google, you'll find it. Thank you so much for your time today, Scott. Even with the technical difficulties, we had a fantastic time together. Um, I learned a lot and um, I'm just so appreciative of you being part of the team and, and providing your time to our listeners. Um, so with that, I'm going to say goodbye. We'll catch you on the next one. This is Kevin Amol. So we're going to see you next week. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah. And tell a friend.